Hi, ATD NYC Unlock listeners. We're so honored to have today's guest on the show. Dr. Christine Jansen is the founder and CEO of Itstucia, an award-winning immersive learning platform. She's a content creator for VR enhanced learning experiences positioned at the intersection of business and technology. Dr. Jansen's professional background spans several industries, including consumer products, financial services, and technology. She holds a BS in marketing from the University of South Florida, a global MBA in communications and information systems, and finance, with a specialization in e-business from Fordham University, and a PhD from New York University, where her dissertation focused on how entrepreneurs learn. Such an incredible background. She's also an ATD NYC in-kind sponsor. Welcome to the show, Christine. And also, we know you're bringing in your dog, Norman, today. (laughs) First, we have today's trivia question with Marina. Hi, everyone. So, of course, we have to have our trivia question. So, today's conversation is going to be talking about VR. So, according to a 2022 PwC report on the U.S. metaverse, how much more confident did learners feel about their ability to apply skills after virtual reality training? Is it 50%, 163%, 275%, or 325%? Stay tuned to the end of the show to hear the answer. All right, so now it's time for to welcome again our guests, Chris, and we'll probably hear Norman in the background a couple of times. So we're just giving you all a heads up, but welcome to the show. All right. So we're going to get right into it with our first question. What exactly is Edstutia and what type of work do you do there? Great question, right? In this new space. So I like to call Edstudia an immersive learning company. I like to clarify that up front because even though we're in the VR space, I'm not a software company. I'm not even necessarily a tech company. We're the ones that are all about the learning and we partner with a company called the Glimpse Group that does all our VR development. So first and foremost, immersive learning. What I did was create an entire campus in virtual reality that was uh, specifically for education, learning, professional development. So I'm not a gaming platform that just decided to do training. I mean, this is this is the purpose of its studio. So we've got all sorts of different venues and environments in VR, but space is space. And what's really the differentiator here is all the learner functionality, the content, the ability to capture data about the learners to really track that learner journey. And so just I'm huge on experiential learning. It makes a a difference in how people actually obtain the knowledge, retain it, and, you know, get immersed with that. And so we're able to take experiential learning, which I'm sure everybody listening is familiar with, but VR enables us to take that experiential learning experience like to a whole new level and, and literally to a whole new dimension because this is in... VR. It's a different space. It's a different place. You're escaping, you know, your real life. So that's what its studio is. And what we are, we have morphed along the way over the last three years. And our focus now is on helping 
corporate L&D, HR, diversity and inclusion professionals, talent management and onboarding, those kind of folks, as well as professors who may be teaching similar topics in higher ed, but targeting these folks to help them start integrating VR into their existing programs. We are not suggesting people who should be in VR 24-7. We like to talk about VR enhanced. It is taking what you already have and know and where does it make sense to add VR to give people that opportunity for that practical application. So we spend a lot of time helping people really understand the, the possibilities and the value of this. So we've turned it into doing a lot of work around education, a lot, a lot of thought leadership and writing, speaking and stuff, because this is new tech. So there's a lot going on, but I'll tell you more about the the specifics uh, when it comes to training. It definitely sounds like there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so you've told us about what it is that the organization and the company do, but what exactly is your role there? Oy vey. Okay. I'm like bringing up this massive list, this big scroll. Well, like any founder, it's like you're doing everything. You're wearing a million hats. You know, my experience, you know, the previous 12 years, I was a business school professor at Fordham in New York City. And so that's my passion. That's my background and always eager to, to, to think about and envision what should the future of learning be. And so that was like my, that's the fire in my belly. So that passion is what, you know, drives you every day. And it has to, if you're an entrepreneur and going to, you know, take that chance. And I'm, I am very passionate. I say this is equal exhausting and <laughs> part exhaustion and part excitement. And that excitement just kind of keeps that buzz alive. But no joke, you're doing everything. You know, some of the most important things are like, you know, building out an awesome team of people because you can't do it alone. You know, big lesson. I mean, I'm, I'm the sole founder and I started this myself, but I had to do that. That was the biggest thing. I needed to create a team of people who were just as passionate passionate, and, and knew about this industry, comfortable with the technology, were bringing in their subject matter expertise around training, teaching, coaching, professional development, a lot around people. But it's also yeah, designing the learning experiences, designing the environments, designing, I designed the whole campus that I shared then with my VR developers to actually build. But then there's constant iteration with that and, and tweaking things. And that doesn't work. And that, you know, how do we, you know, add these features now that there's, that's a whole project in and of itself. Doing lots of speaking, going to events and conferences, lots of networking, because my primary job is, you know, generating leads and selling and, and yeah, and educating people, like I said earlier, on the possibilities of this whole new space, you know, and then you throw in everything else from the finances and the fundraising and, you know, the accounting and contracts and legal issues and product development, you name it. But again, when you're, you, you love what you're doing and you're passionate about it, it's super exciting. I would, I definitely have days where I'm just I'm like dead tired, but I love what I'm doing. I, I just, the excitement is just under my rear. That's for sure. <laughs> the passion definitely comes through. And so of course we're curious, like, how did you even get to this point? Like that, where you said, like, I'm going to found a company in this area. It's not like, you know, this is like a one person, you know, solopreneur type of organization. This isn't a really tech heavy industry. And there's not typically a lot of women involved in this space. This is true. And and I love that. I love being, and I'm actually seeing more women in the space that just, it's like, oh, fist bump. I love it. But you know what? Actually, that's a really good question, Marina, because 
it was before the pandemic when I was still teaching in higher ed and I was introduced to the CEO of the Glimpse Group, the VR development company. And he brought his team and headsets to campus and we did a little demo for faculty and immediately um, my head was like, like, it's just totally blown away. I'm like, this is where we're going. This is it. And I haven't turned back. And so I did a lot of experimenting while I was still in higher ed, got some headsets, was doing some simulations in my entrepreneurship classes with the students. And so learned a ton about from the learner user side, as well as the development. And we created these scenarios and learning about the tech, but that was, that that just sent me over the edge and so much so that I actually left higher ed to focus a hundred, a thousand percent on building this company because I am that bullish that this is so going to reshape the future of learning education. I don't care if we're talking K through 12, higher ed, adult learning, any industry, you name it. it it's pretty amazing. So that was the the fire in my belly, which is still there. And full disclosure, I remember I had the opportunity to look through one of your headsets and, you know, you gave me a demo and I had the same reaction, like, wow, this is the future. It's such a striking difference from normal in real life type of training. It takes you to a whole other world. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's very much tied into experiential learning. I was never, well, you know, it's just learning as usual tends to lean on, okay, read this and and we're going to have a lecture, we're going to watch this, and then you, you're tested on it. And I don't think that's the greatest way to assess if somebody actually gets it, a subject and knows what to do and knows how to apply it. It's too passive for me. So I've always been a fan of experiential learning and having my students, my learners creating, building, you know, develop, present this and that. That's how you learn stuff. So that's why I'm so bullish on VR because it creates that whole environment and you're able to connect people from all over the world in one dimension. Okay, that's a whole other thing about the the connectivity and collaboration. But yeah, I'll get into more specifics about the learning by doing piece. But that's just, that was a game changer for me. That brings us to our next question then. So maybe if we can back up a little bit, only because there could be some listeners out there that aren't familiar with virtual reality and virtual reality training. So can you walk us through and break that down for us a bit more? What exactly is virtual reality training? Okay, great. So as mentioned, any learning or training in VR is by default experiential because you are immersed in some sort of scenario or role play or whatnot, okay? And there's a lot of different kinds. Well, VR is one type of immersive technology, but there's also mixed reality and augmented reality. And th- these are things that we need to educate people on so they don't get overwhelmed or confused, but it's really understanding the, the differences of these. I am bullish on VR because again, you are fully immersed in a totally different space. And one of the great things about that is that, you know, people can't multitask. They are totally, there's that sense of presence. They are somewhere and you can't hide in the back of the room. <laughs> you know, these are just some of the benefits. But anyways, experiential learning, the headset is what is where the magic happens, where it is a enables the learners to go to this different space and do things, physically do things and applying things in such a way that what you're able to create with these simulations, it's, it's lifelike. 
it's not just pretending, oh, let's pretend to role play, or let's pretend that you're going to put these books on the shelf, or let's pretend you're doing that. This makes it so much more real because you are there present as, as an avatar and, and collaborating with others. Yeah, you can, there's, there's AR as well, but that's more of like a, a filter on top of the real world. And so there's a, a place and time for that, where that can be super helpful for learning purposes to add additional information, maybe a little bit of history about something, add a little you know, video clip or some audio, whatever. There's a lot you can do with that. But I, like I said, I'm, I'm more the, the VR, VR girl. So again, I've got different, there are different venues spaces on the campus because different types of learning require different types of environments, okay? Is it something that you need to practice in a boardroom? Is it something that's more collaborative that you need to do with with a team? Is this more traditional classroom style learning? Is this something, you know, we can take learners to into 360 videos, you know, immerse them in these videos that we're, we can transport them to anywhere. You're not in a room per se. You are taking, taking somewhere completely else, whether it's the moon, Japan, you know, the safari, whatever. Okay. So by taking people, putting people in these environments and giving them the, the, the tasks to do, the practical application, whether it is giving critical feedback or learning about management skills, you know, working on problem solving skills by actually doing it, not just talking about it or reading about it. That's when people, that's why this is so impactful is because the learning by doing is so much more engaging, impactful, you know, the learner retention, et cetera. I hope that helps. There's a lot of, there are plenty of VR training companies out there and some focus on, you know, maybe for the manufacturing space where it's construction or biotech or the medical field that you name it. So, you know, they're, they're really honing in on their specialty. Some is not much of it is, is live instructor led. Most of it is, it could be pre-recorded scenarios or self-directed learning. And so there's not as much human avatar interaction. So there's all different flavors out there. We're zeroing in on the topics that are the subject matter that is in demand in, in industries across the board. I did my, my research on this. And so we're industry agnostic. We just hear the same things over and over again that you know, companies are looking for you know, problem solving skills and better communication skills, better management skills, you know, continued leadership development. And it's so human centric. It's the people facing stuff. It's not so much, oh, how do I manage inventory with things or managing money? It's managing people. And so that's what we're honing in on. It's not to say I can't do other things, but I can't be, you know, everything to everyone. So there's that sweet spot. And we've got to create those environments that are conducive and support that human-centric learning. I want to jump in because you've given yes. us a flavor, but I'd love to hear if you could give one specific concrete example. So for me personally, I know I had the opportunity to put a VR headset on. And then you got to explore a level of Anne Frank's house. You could walk around yeah. and feel it. So can you give us a concrete example of what will a learner experience when they use, you know, VR headset in one of your programs? Okay. So one example I can share with you is we have a cross-cultural competence module. And this is cool because the learners will... They learn about different cultural dimensions. I don't know if you're familiar with Hofstede's cultural dimensions, you know, learning about the differences. And so 
the instructors were able to take the learners to all these different marketplaces around the world. You, you, you're learning things about individualism and collectivism, power distance, you know, how do people react to authority and in time and all, all sorts of stuff. And so to, to give people that feeling and to like experience how it feels to be in that environment, the learners were taken to marketplaces around the world. They went to Marrakesh, Mumbai, Barcelona, Hong Kong, the flower market in the Netherlands, and they could compare and contrast, you know, how the, the different cultural aspects. But again, it's not like you're watching a movie. You are in it. You The sights and the sounds, and you feel like you are there in the marketplace. And it's so much more, you know, it, it, I keep saying impactful, but it is. Because again, it's not just a passive sort of experience. So there's things like that that really give people a chance. To, hey, listen, the next, the, the best thing would be to fly everybody around the world and go see this personally. It's a little cost prohibitive, but this is the next best thing. You're not reading about it. You're not watching somebody else do it. So that immersion is really cool. Other things like we've done, we have a, a trainer certification program and people actually create their own VR there are courses that they, they deliver. And I've seen people do things around like DEI issues and unconscious bias. And we'll use all sorts of things, whether it's video, audio, games, you know, card games and stuff that enable people to really think through, I'm hearing a situation, I'm embedded in a situation in a 360 video. How do I even understand whether I am participating, you know, somebody who is, being experiencing themselves unconscious bias and what kind is it being aware of it what could I do to change it and it's not again just talking about it it is oh my god I'm in it I didn't realize I was doing that how does that come across on the other side and so that with DI it's super powerful too because with the avatars you know you can change your identity in certain scenarios or you can put yourself in somebody else's shoes to really understand their perspective, their story, their background, and build empathy. This is big for DEI. I'm a big fan of this because I don't think we're seeing the change that we want to see as far as DEI efforts because people just don't know, they don't understand where other people are coming from and what's important to them. And, you know, this is, these are a couple examples of how it can be super powerful. Amazing. Well, you've walked us through some really good examples of how these learning environments will benefit learners. Are there any challenges and obstacles that organizations might face when adopting this VR training? Absolutely. And it's everywhere. Like, you know, everybody in this space is challenged with a, you know, a lot of roadblocks or hesitations and whatnot. And this is typical for new tech cycles, right? But some of the things that I personally run into, because when you're, we're, we're talking specifically about training, VR enhanced training, the professional development. So we think actually one of the biggest problems and I'm seeing is that people just don't understand immersive technology. And that's not a dig. It's just, this is new. And there's a lot of misinformation out there too. And people talking about the metaverse and it's like, oh, I beg. So we've got to get people to understand the technology component, but also the value. What does this mean for learning, professional development and training, collaborating when people are spread out in hybrid and virtual workforces? What value is there to, to integrate VR? So a lot of education, 
any change is hard, right? 99.9% of the population doesn't like change. And when there's new technology, people need to understand what's in it for me. Why should I spend the time and energy learning something new? And is this going to, is this a threat to my job or, you know, my current role in teaching? So just the change management component really needs to be addressed with adopting this new tech. I see people, well, gosh, we, we, just speaking to tons of potential clients and they're like, this is great. This is really cool. But I don't understand how to connect the dots personally, like as a learner, learning professional, training professional. So again, that's why we have come up with training programs and, you know, lots of content and stuff to help people connect those dots. What's in it for me and how do you even get started? So there's that part, but also from the people part too, it's like, you've got to get buy-in from key people. Who are the decision makers? Who are the budget holders? Who's all involved with this? Because it could be coming from the L&D area. Maybe it's HR. Maybe it's somebody at the CIO, CTO level that says, hey, we want to start disseminating this new technology into the organization. Where do we start? Maybe it's HR. Maybe it's training. You know, who knows? But you've got to know who's who. who's into this, who's not. It's funny because there's some companies that now have chief metaverse officers. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? I've so, not heard of that one. <laughs> yes. And so then you know that they they're they bought it. They understand the potential. Well, I, yeah. I want to jump in though, because you talked about you you just mentioned like budget, and it sounded like you're talking to companies that have already bought in. But what about those companies that are still thinking about this? You have to buy, it sounds like you have to buy a lot of equipment and build things out which sounds like it might cost a lot of money. So what strategies can an organization use to make sure to make VR implementation financially feasible? We need to talk about feasibility even beyond financial, because this is like just feasible in general, like with adoption and and buy-in and all that stuff. But financially, yes, that is one of the, that could be one of the barriers because of some people think, oh my God, I got to buy headsets and spend $400 on a headset for every one of my employees. How am I going to do that? You, you don't have to do that. There are ways to you know, like start small and just get maybe a handful of headsets that people can, can rent out or on their own time or whatever. There's ways to get around this. I think people are thinking, I got to go in like 10,000 feet deep. And I don't, actually, I don't even suggest that. It's like, start small, figure out you know what the best way is to do this, that it, it doesn't become a financial burden. This the technology is going to advance so fast where it's just like any other tech where all of a sudden it's going to become so much more affordable and, and mainstream. And I think that's one thing some companies are thinking, well, I'll just hold off until then. But I don't know that that's such a, a, a smart strategy, but I, I get it. But I'll still go back from financially and say, just start small. Okay. And figure out like, do you have a budget carved out for, for new tech? Do you have a budget carved out for innovation? You know, most companies say they do and it's like, okay, how do we make that happen? There are some, I've heard companies say, yes, we can, we can build X simulation for you for a hundred thousand dollars. Well, that's not feasible. You want to talk about financially feasible. That's not okay. Especially for starting out. So that's why it's like, Find something small, run a small pilot program, find a few people, you know, who want to be the champions and, and try and test and be the ones to come back into the organization to get others on board. There's so much education going on here. But yeah, there are, you know, I think about aside from finance, uh, financial issues, you know, there are, there are other, you know, some of these other roadblocks. But I think if you build 
you know, kind of like your own internal team and actually put together some sort of overarching strategy. I mean, that's one of those things like, where do we get started? And if you don't have a strategy for how you want to start and to, to deploy this and, you know, a timeline or whatever, then it's just a mess. And so I'm seeing more companies actually doing the old timeout. It's like, let's get a strategy together first. And that will help lead us to like, well, how much do we want to carve out for this? You know, where do we want to deploy it? How many people do we want to build it ourselves? Do we want to hire somebody else to do this? There's, there's so many players in this space from content creators to platforms, devices, software, you name it. And that's another thing that has to be determined. Do you want to build it in-house or hire you know, somebody externally? So these are all different you know, financial issues that you have to consider. But I'll still go back to what I was saying before. That's like, like come up with a strategy. But actually, you know what? That's, that's one of the biggest challenges too, is get people in the heads up. Because without them personally experiencing it, it's so hard to envision what it looks like, what it feels like to be in VR. And so that's that's a, a challenge for us. So I'm constantly sending out headsets and doing demos with people so they can experience it. But until then, it's very it's 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 difficult. So once you've gotten the buy-in, right, and you have these employees in the headsets and they're engaging with the immersive learning, what is it that you're doing or the company is doing to measure the effectiveness of the training, right? Because now that they've made this upfront investment, they want to know that was worth it. So what are some methodologies that are used to measure the effectiveness? What exactly are you doing to track that? This is an awesome question. I love that you're asking me this because this is one of the most amazing benefits of using VR. It's about the amount of data that you're able to capture about the learners. Okay. This is no longer, we're not playing the game of smiley faces anymore. All right. Or just like, you know, general feedback, you know, yay, nay, good, bad, this and that. We are able to track so much more about the learner that they're actually gaining the knowledge or applying that knowledge or gaining confidence and self-efficacy that they're actually engaged in the sessions, participating, you know, doing, you know, watching a video or sitting in a class and then doing a multiple choice test does not prove that somebody actually knows something or that they know how to apply it back on the job. So that's why, you know, as we're building up this platform and, and the data capture, we keep all of this in mind. So it's pretty cool. For, let me give you an example. In the headsets, we work exclusively with Oculus or I'm sorry, Meta Quest headsets. And it's because it's an affordable product. You know, for the general consumer, and it's got a great high quality experience. One of the things that we can do over there with the headsets is we can track eye gazing. So we can tell if a learner is actually, you know, paying attention to the instructor or with whomever, whomever they're collaborating with, or they like wandering off into the sunset. Okay. So we can track that. We can track audio. So how much are they actually contributing to the conversation? Right. Like think about how many training sessions or classes where, you know, you're like pulling teeth to get people to talk and engage. <laughs> well, you really can't sit in the back of the room and say nothing and be a passive learner. It's like and, and people kind of don't want you. They come out of their shells in NVR, which is great. So we can track that, you know, how much they are speaking. And also on the flip side, think about is this person railroading the conversation because they're talking too much and not giving anybody else a chance to speak. And then we can also track how long they were in a session. So take this as an example. You know, when people 
for online learning, they might put, turn on a video that they're supposed to watch. They could turn it on and walk away. And, you know, in the behind the scenes, it's like, oh, yep, they watched the whole thing. They watched the whole 30 minutes. Well, how do you know that? You don't, right? So in a, in, in a different way here in VR, we can track how long they were in the session. Did they jump out? Did they take the headset off? And, you know, we could also know, was it, you know, a tech issue that they got bumped out or did they just check out? So you want to know if they're, I guess it's a little big brother, but, you know, from an engagement perspective, it's like, it's good to know these things. So that's just an example from the headsets, but we're also able to capture data like hotspots, for example. These are put in 360 videos that, okay, you're going to take me to the spice market in India. And with these hotspots, you're able to assess learner understanding and knowledge that they they paid attention. They understand what's happening here. What, what do we learn in class? And, you know, and so we can track if they get it right or wrong. And now all that data goes into the cloud and we're, we're putting that in into the data dashboard. So I don't like saying testing people or quizzing people. So I'm going to say assessing because it's really, it's not a memorization regurgitation thing. It is, do you understand? And then in turn, can you apply it? So we're able to capture obviously information about that, both self-reported and instructor reported data. And pre-post surveys, like how comfortable are you in this space? How confident are you giving critical feedback? And then tracking this stuff longitudinally too. So there's so much that we can we can track. This, this is a different, it's a different world and it's pretty cool. As someone who used to run leadership development programs, you know, your description really excites me because it means that people cannot be on their phones. They can't right. be on their computers nope. while they're in this environment. Their managers can't call them and pull them out because they won't be able to see that information. So I see a lot of benefits, a lot of people of using this type of technology. Yeah, it is great. There is no multitasking. That's what, when I say there's a true sense of presence, you are there, you are in that space. And the time goes by so fast because you're just, you're so engaged and it's fun. That's the other thing about like training. So many people do training because it's out of obligation. Like I have to do that and, blah, 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 and, you know, not really coming from the heart and soul. It's just check it off. And this just changes the game that it's like, if you really want to move things forward, like I was talking about DNI, people need to do, they need to feel it. They need to personally experience something to change people's behavior. So super powerful there. Well, our next question is, you know, we consider you an expert in the field. I mean, you've been in the, doing this for quite some time now. Could you share a tip or a technique or some type of hack that you think might resonate with our audience that wants to better understand a VR-based education? Yes. So it's not necessarily like a hack or anything, but I will tell you from everything I've learned over the last several years and what people really need to understand. One of them is there's a lot of misinformation about the metaverse, but it's coming. Okay. Whether you like it or not, or you're ready for it or not, it is coming. And this, what we're experiencing now with this tech cycle, the metaverse and immersive tech is very similar to the internet, okay? When that was first introduced. So you have to like in tandem, think about how did you personally adapt when the internet was first introduced? What about your organization? Were you afraid? Were you cautious? Did you sit back and watch what other people did? At first, it was just one-way communication, then two, then content sharing. Now we're able to jump into the internet, which is pretty much what it feels like. But this is coming, and this is a game changer. And things like this don't happen, this type of 
tech cycle doesn't happen very often. That is so game changing. So (laughs) I do, I say it all the time, ready or not, here it comes. And even though we're in the early stages of this tech cycle, say it's a 30-year tech cycle, we're in in the upward swing right now. And this is where you've got your early adopters before we come full mainstream. And it's difficult to stay on top of all the the developments and the changes and what's possible. And all of a sudden, you know, the shiny new thing is AI. So then people are like, oh, let's do that. But, you know, they and they can work together too. But it's like, I will say, you know, one of the biggest things is like educating yourself and understanding what is coming because it is going to impact you (laughs) and me. And we're going to get to a point where when the internet first came out, it's like, we couldn't imagine what we'd be doing with it and how we couldn't live without it. Like the same thing's going to happen here. Think about if you don't, what, what do you mean? You don't have a website. Like, what are you living under a rock? Okay. Mark my words within 20 years or so, it's going to be the same thing. What? You don't have an avatar. You don't, you don't have a virtual presence. Your company isn't in the metaverse. So this is kind of where we're going. So it's, it's, you know, just getting people comfortable with this. And it's, it is by, you know, a lot of education around not just, just the technology, but what that technology makes possible for training and learning and education. And quite frankly, I think the learning and education space needs this. You know, I feel like learners and students are like hankering for something that's new and different, fun and engaging and uses more technology and, you know, is exciting. And so, you know, I think it's uh, the space is actually ripe for it. Incredible. Yeah, I know after this conversation, I'm just so, so excited. And I'm sure Marina, <laughs> I speak for her to just to dive in and see what this is all about. I know I have a headset myself, so maybe I'll see you in there and we can we can all go right. in and, and do this together. Um, But just taking it to our wrap up, where can our listeners find you? Because I know after hearing our episode today, they're going to want to explore this more. You got it. So obviously in our, our website, it's E-D-S-T-U-T-I-A, edstutia.com. We just launched a new website last week, so I'm super excited. Go check it out. But there's a lot to learn about immersive learning, the technology, We've got an awesome blog with lots. I've got a great content team. We've been cranking out tons of articles, a couple ebooks that are specific for the training industry. Lots of content there. We put a ton of things up on LinkedIn as well. And we're pretty hooked up with the ATD training industry and some other training learning associations. And we're regularly speaking and presenting at conferences and events. But also, you know, even locally, since we're, you know, most of the listeners are in New York City. I'm happy to do more demos or events locally as well. Let's do a Christmas thing where we're all in VR and having our cocktails. <laughs> anyway, I think going to the website and our LinkedIn page is probably the best best places to start and find out what's going on. But I'll just jump in and add if you have if you're if you are local in the New York City area, definitely recommend doing a demo if you're seriously considering this type of technology for your organization because it's an eye-opening experience if you haven't experienced it before. Thank you, Chris. This has been an amazing, amazing episode. You've dropped a lot of information and really excited for you and your company. But before we leave, let's get back to our trivia question. So as a reminder, the question was, according to a 2022 PwC report on the U.S. metaverse, how much more confident did learners feel about their ability to apply skills after virtual reality training? And the options were 
or 325%? The answer was 275%. So there was a 40% improvement from classroom training and a 35% improvement compared to e-learning. So this is definitely, if you're in this space, a technology to watch and think about considering how you can implement it or pilot it. That's it for today. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Chris. And thanks, Norman. <laughs> Thank you. Woof, woof. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to the ATD NYC Unlocked podcast. We hope you found this episode engaging and informative and that you've gained new perspectives in the talent and development industry. If you like this episode and are interested in finding out more about the ATD NYC chapter, visit our website at atdnyc.org. That's atdnyc.org. And if you'd like to join the chapter, use the code ATDNYCTEN. That's ATDNYCTEN to get 10% off your new individual membership fee. Now stay tuned for our next episode. And in the meantime, keep striving to unlock your potential in the field of talent and development.